It's the year 2040, and U.S. troops are approaching a large city on the outskirts of an adversary's territory as the intense fighting of the Third World War enters its fourth month. For decades, U.S. military experts have been urgently warning that tomorrow's battles would be fought in densely crowded urban centers. Now, those predictions are coming true. Beset by heavy enemy fire, the coalition forces trudge through three different pathways along the northern, southern, and northwestern boundaries of the city, creeping toward a common rendezvous point. Whenever there is a break in the gunfire, warfighters squint through the smoke to read their special mapping devices, trying to maintain enough situational awareness to navigate the tangled corridors in front of them and remain on the path toward the objective. Detailed reconnaissance has enabled meticulous planning of the safest and most direct route. Any significant meandering could be deadly. Suddenly, their screens go blank. A flashing error message explains that GPS navigational data can no longer be found. We've been jammed, shouts a U.S. Army corporal as he begins to process the dysfunction on his screen. Sure enough, the adversary has uncorked a digital signal that has made the navigational data unusable. It's a pivotal moment that could wreck the operation and leave coalition troops highly vulnerable to enemy or even friendly fire. Thankfully, Army leaders had foreseen this exact scenario decades earlier. A research program led by the U.S. Army Engineer Research and Development Center had developed technologies for providing near real-time maps and determining soldier positioning in GPS-denied environments. After the GPS loss, the Coalition Forces devices have already activated the new positioning and navigation technology. Data is collected from sensors the warfighters are wearing, and the technology instantly processes it to derive a position that is equivalent to GPS. Situational awareness is maintained, and the march toward winning control of this important strategic city continues. As Global Positioning System, or GPS, technology grows more commonplace, so does its usage by the armed forces in preparing for and executing battle plans. However, there has also been a growing trend of adversaries using technologies to jam or spoof these signals. This created a need to provide mapping capabilities for use in GPS-denied environments. New Arctic Research is solving this challenge with technology that can process 3D data collected from various onboard sensors and use it to navigate soldiers without the need for GPS. Arctic used this technology to deliver a mapping system for the 101st Airborne Division in its 2016 deployment to Iraq to liberate Mosul from the Islamic State, and it has been used in a variety of U.S. Special Forces operations. The new capability provided data that replaced outdated maps and created immersive 3D scenes. In 2019, Arctic continued to advance the technology by delivering software that automatically produces 3D models from soldier-deployed sensors. These models were uploaded into the Integrated Visual Augmentation System, or IVAS, to allow soldiers to train in robust real-life scenarios as part of the IVAST Soldier Touchpoint demonstration. ERDIC is the Department of Defense lead in terrain research and is the Army's key to geospatially enabling mission planning and mission command. It has long played a critical role in getting mapping capabilities into warfighters' hands. 
Chris Kiefer, and with Megan Holland, this is The Power of Erdic. On today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Ricky Mazzaro from Erdic's Geospatial Research Laboratory in Alexandria, Virginia. We will talk with Ricky about how Erdic research has found new ways to provide maps in GPS-denied environments. Hey, Megan. Hey, Ricky. Thanks for joining us today. Before we get too deep into this discussion, I want to give a quick primer to audience members who may not be familiar with the term geospatial, but basically what we're talking about is data that is inherently tied to a location on Earth. And so obviously geospatial data and capabilities are going to be really important to the warfighters and to different civil works applications, right? That's absolutely correct, Chris. Yeah, so geospatial um, really pertains to any type of data or phenomenon that occurs with a with a position of the earth in mind. So this obviously has a very huge impact on the warfighter. Yeah, I feel like the, the quick and I know I'm oversimplifying it, but a lot of times I'll tell people, I mean, mapping, I guess, is kind of the even the, the simplest kind of explanation. No, I mean, the, mapping. Yeah, there's a lot, lot to consider with mapping. So this is a really interesting technology, and it's something that everybody is familiar with, but maybe they don't know the different ways that it can be used. So I think we should start and zoom out to the 30,000-foot view. Can you talk a little bit about the history of GPS and why it's so important and how we got here? Yeah, so so GPS is uh, a constellation of satellites Um, right now at last uh, count, there's 31 GPS satellites, and GPS stands for the Global Positioning System. Um, and it was developed in the 1970s. Um, the first satellites were launched in the late 1970s. And the first military use of GPS technology was uh, used in the first Gulf War in the early 90s. Um, and at that time, the GPS receivers were too large for anyone to really carry around with them. But as it became miniaturized, uh, they were put onto vehicles, uh, they're put into cell phones, and now GPS has become ubiquitous. All you need is that small receiver that you can walk anywhere on the earth with, and you can get your position uh, and navigate from, from that GPS signal. I guess it's become so common, too common, you know, it's used in so many applications that the problem now becomes what happens if it's not working. Absolutely correct. So that becomes, so now we've really almost taken GPS for granted. What happens if that signal becomes unavailable or if those GPS satellites become non-functioning, there, there needs to be some sort of backup, especially for autonomous systems that really rely on GPS for that position information as a backup for that GPS signal. How unique is this, Ricky, what you all are doing to, to provide situational awareness in GPS-denied environments? Yeah, so we're, what we're doing is pretty unique. There's been a lot of work in past years on positioning based off of, say, 2D nadir-looking vantage points. That's a two-dimensional nadir is, is like looking straight down. What we're doing is actually building a a positioning solution that takes high-resolution 3D terrain, and that's really our our bread and butter is this high-resolution 3D terrain generation, and then use that with a combination of of sensors that are on board some platforms and derive a position that way. So it's really kind of a looking out towards the horizon uh, approach um, that really makes our solution unique. 
basically rather than relying on satellites that are out in space, it's the soldiers themselves that are providing the information that leads to the, the awareness. Is That's that right? correct. Yes. So for example, on the, there's a new program called the integrated visual augmentation system or IVAS. There are sensors on board that heads up device or the HUD and we can automatically take the data that's being captured by those sensors. And if there's 3D terrain available, a database of 3D terrain that's available, it could be locally to that person. The sensor is then matched to that 3D terrain and can provide a alternate GPS position solution if the true GPS signal has been lost. So bouncing back to a big picture perspective, can you talk about why this research matters in one or two sentences? Um, basically, how would you sum up the impact for somebody who didn't know anything about this work? Yeah, so the impact of this research is that everyone gets lost at some point or other in time. I mean, that can be a, a terrifying experience. And for the warfighter who are already in a dangerous uh, arena, it can be especially terrifying if a GPS signal has been lost. So. Everyone needs a position. They need to know their position on the earth. And what we're trying to do is supply that position um, using a new solution that doesn't will have to rely on GPS, on the traditional GPS that seems to be being spoofed or jammed uh, these days. So basically, this is paramount to soldier safety. That's absolutely correct. Yep. You said something, too, on that point when we talked off air about just the impact if you didn't have this. You mentioned how ubiquitous GPS information is now. And I think you said something about without that information, you know, military operations could be set back decades. I mean, this information is critical importance to the military. Yes, absolutely. So virtually every single military system these days uses a, a or relies on GPS for, uh, for positioning and navigation. And of course, that goes back, like I said, to the early 90s when it first started being installed on DoD systems. Now it's become a critical piece of technology for positioning and navigation. So if that signal goes away, the situational awareness that we've come to really rely on in a, in a battlefield environment, that really doesn't exist anymore. That the situational awareness will go down to zero. I mean, there, mm -hmm. there's going to be no... No ability to track our own movement, to track uh, a red team's movement. I mean, there, all of this really goes haywire when a GPS signal goes down. Sure. I mean, exactly what Megan said. I mean, this is directly saving soldier lives. Ricky, another research program that you all you know, worked on you know, just recently was looking at taking full motion video collected by unmanned aerial systems and converting that data to 3D maps. And I know that's had a big impact and, and wide usage as well. How much did this research build upon the lessons learned from that project? Yeah, so we definitely built this type of research, this AP&T research off of. And our, I'm going to stop you there just for uh, people. What, yeah, what is AP&T? Yeah, AP&T is Assured Positioning, Navigation, and Timing. And there's, a, there's an Army Futures Command cross-functional team or a, a CFT that has been stood up to address AP&T issues um, within the Army. And, and, um, and that, just, yeah. just in layman's terms too, I mean, that's, that's positioning. I mean, that, that's all about mapping and positioning and, and soldier location and so forth, right? That's correct, yep. 
So we're directly supporting the A, B, and T, CFT with, with our program. And to go back to your question about how FMV to 3D kind of ties into this, well, for the A, P, and T research, we are very reliant on high-resolution 3D terrain to help provide a solution for a position or navigation. Of course, you know, there, there isn't high-resolution terrain everywhere in the world, and sometimes that data is very old or stale or, you know, needs to be updated. What FMV to 3D did was create, you know, almost, you know, in near real time, new terrain data sets at very, very high resolution from sensors that were available to soldiers. Um, so these would be any UAS sensor that has full motion video on board. And these are really ubiquitous throughout the battlefield. What is novel or groundbreaking about Pathfinder? So Pathfinder is syncing up high resolution 3D terrain with sensors that are found on board uh, ground vehicles or uh, soldier dismounted sensors or uh, UAS vehicles. And so it's just using those sensors that are already outfitted onto the various systems throughout the Army and DOD, and then matching those sensors up to 3D terrain that we've collected or is available to then do a, what we call this horizon matching approach to, to provide a position and navigation solution. Geospatial capabilities are, are so cross-cutting, and I know that makes them critical to so much of what the Army does. You guys, with this effort, are working closely with multiple cross-functional teams that are focusing on each of the Army modernization priorities. Can you talk about your work, the extent of your work with the CFTs and some of the other partnerships you all have developed through this effort? Yeah, absolutely. So we're working with quite a few partners on this project. Specifically on this, the Army CFT side, we're obviously working with the Assured Position Navigation and Timing, CFT, APT, CFT. We're working with the network CFT in the sense that, you know, these platforms need to actually have access to that 3D data. And that 3D data is very dense and data heavy, right? Um, so that needs to somehow get to the platforms over the network. We're working with the uh, simulation and training environment or the STE CFT um, because a lot of that work, we are working with them on a one world terrain background. So we're actually correcting our data to a one world terrain foundational data set. Mm -hmm. um, and we're also working with the next generation combat vehicle, NGCV CFT, um, where we're making use of the sensors that NGCV is putting onto their uh, next generation autonomous vehicles um, and providing a GPS denied solution for those systems as well. You mentioned just there the, the one world terrain effort. Tell us more about that and what that is and where you guys fit into it. Yeah, so one world terrain is foundational data set for the entire world at pretty high resolutions. Um, while in certain cir circumstances it's not sufficient for our solution. We're using that Rommel terrain as a foundational data set to correct our very high resolution 3D terrain data sets so that we can make use of it for this APNT solution. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the synthetic training environment that, that's connected with all that, I mean, you mentioned the IVAS 
I guess one of the capabilities we talked about, and we talked at the opening of this about the ability for, you know, a soldier in the middle of a battle, GPS goes out and can find their location right away. And we've talked about the importance of that. But if I understood right from some of the conversation we've had with you in the past, another benefit of this is that training piece that you can, I guess, pick up a real world, kind of create more of a real world environment from these sensors. And it gives soldiers the opportunities to train, you know, in a scenario that looks really similar to, you know, where they may be activated. Is that, is that accurate? That's really accurate. Yeah. So a lot of what we've done, um, especially with this FMV to 3D or some of the other train generation approaches is that soldiers really wanted a capability to sit, to put themselves in that scene, right. Mm -hmm. Um, for a mission rehearsal or mission planning type of aspect, you know, they want to know how high that wall is, or they want to know or ingress or egress points. So having a, you know, a scene that you could even place into a virtual reality environment, like the STI CFT is delivering, that's a really important capability for the warfighter. Ricky, we've talked a little bit about soldier safety, but would you also say that this is very important to mission success? Pathfinder's goal of shared positioning and navigation is going to have a huge impact on mission success. Like I said, everything is really dependent on GPS these days. And when that goes away, we, we've lost our ability to track ourselves. We've lost our, our ability to know where our, our fires are going to go, where our navigation capabilities will go away. What we think is that this capability will provide a solution when those GPS signals are denied to our warfighters. Do you want to talk a little bit about the partners that you work with in this effort? Sure. Um, so we're, we're working with many partners here. For instance, uh, Night Vision Electronic Sensors Director, the C5 ISR Center, working very closely with, with them with uh, Program Manager Integrated Visual Augmentation System, PMIVAS, as well as the various CFTs and uh, various academic and industry partners like Ohio State and University of Missouri. And we're also working with the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. So this collaboration, it does it give you more capabilities? Does it give you access to different technologies? What do you gain from these partnerships? Yeah, these partnerships are incredibly important to the, to us. You know, we obviously need to have access to some of these platforms and sensors that are across the Army. We need to work with these partners on the solutions and testing and demonstration events. Uh, there's, you know, a variety of things to test, as you can imagine, with this capability, you know, to, to ensure that, you know, this is very important. It's going to need a lot of testing and, and a lot of validation uh, across a lot of DOD events. We need these partnerships to really advance that uh, research and development. You guys have been working on this research and, and have developed this solution. Where are you guys in the process and what comes next? Yeah, so what comes next is a lot of testing and demonstration at, at various Army exercises and events, including the Project Convergence exercise and the Army Pentax exercise that are held yearly. But also, what we need to do is really fuse this solution with the variety of other APNT solutions that are out there. And that's really something that's coming down the pike next. For instance, when does a magnetic solution take over? Um, obviously, at sea, there aren't very many features to 
to do a 3D terrain mm-hmm. match against. So all of these considerations need to, to be taken into effect and all these different solutions need to be tested all together to have a really fused solution for APNT positioning navigation. Thank you, Ricky, for talking to us today. And thank you for doing what you do to get our soldiers home safely. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Ricky. Everyone who has been lost knows how terrifying it can be. For the warfighter, it's particularly dangerous. Erdix Research is creating new methods for providing one of the most essential pieces of information to a warfighter, their own location. It will also apply recently developed geospatial capabilities and large Army and Department of Defense investments to a new life-saving use. Erdix's new Pathfinder 3D capability will save warfighter lives, ensure mission execution in GPS-denied environments, and provide the armed services with technology it will need for the changing nature of warfare. The Power of Erdix podcast is a production of the U.S. Army Engineer Research and Development Center. Follow Erdix on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest information. You can listen to The Power of Erdix podcast in all major podcast players. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a five-star review. Visit powerofurticpodcast.org for more resources. You can also contact us at powerofurticpodcast at usace.army.mil. That's all for today's episode. We'll see you next time.